Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. It's coming after me. this morning. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. And I've never heard you sing, Nicholas. Uh, yeah. yeah. I know. Nice. Yeah. Good morning, Good Unity morning. of uh, Farmington Hills. Good morning. <laughs> and welcome to our online viewers and those of you who are here in the sanctuary today. I'm Sharon Lewis, and it is indeed my pleasure to serve as your platform assistant today. We're so happy that you've joined us for our annual Friends and Family Sunday. Yay! Yay! If you are an invited guest, we're grateful and honored that you accepted the invitation to join us today. If you, if you, as you go through this experience, we are certain that you will feel the love and the and the embrace the experience of our community. Yes. This is indeed a loving community. If you're interested in a welcome pack, you will have some outside of the sanctuary. And today, later in the program, there will be a special announcement and gift for the members and the guests who have the most people oh, attending today. So let me say that again. There is a contest. <laughs> There's always a contest. Wherever Lois is, there'll be a contest. So yes. <laughs> there is a contest for the member who will have the most invited guests attending today. So today, we please join us after service at the Fellowship Hall for refreshments and homemade treats. Today at 11.15, the women groups invite you to attend a women's empowerment presentation. The featured guest speaker will be a family nurse practitioner, Deborah Flashman. My twin! <laughs> oh! Sharon. Sharon, put the mic like this. Learn ways to strengthen your woman power. All are welcome. And we in Unity know that power means so much more than strength. Yes. So we're anxious to hear this discussion. Our capital campaign theme for May and June is Super Share 50-50. We're almost halfway to our goal. 
Tickets are still available in the social hall after service today and each Sunday through June the 25th. Increases your chance to win if you buy tickets every Sunday through June 25th. <laughs> Proceeds from each Sunday will be placed, of course, in a drawing. There's Lois again. The winner will be announced on a church picnic Sunday, which is June the 25th. Help make this year's capital campaign super share big, and one of you will win big. Next Sunday, June 17th at 10 o'clock, the men's group will gather for breakfast at Leo's Coney Island on 12 Mile and Farmington Road. All, are, all men are welcome to attend. This is the summer, and you know during the summer we do have a pause on some of our support groups. So Critical Conversation, the women's group, the men's group, and the uh, UFH Veteran Peer Support Group will all be on pause through the summer months of July and August, and they will resume in September. You are in for a double treat on June the 25th on Sunday. Our awesome church music team will present an all-music Sunday. I think I've attended two of these since I've been a part of the church, and they are simply outstanding. They will blow you away. Our music Sunday will be followed by our annual church picnic in our backyard from 11.15 to 2.30. Double your money on that Sunday. But, of course, when we have activities, volunteers are needed. So picnic volunteers are needed. The hospitality team needs your help with the menu for the picnic. Please see Mary Garibay for specific menu needs. You may also sign up to work various uh, departments in the social hall. There'll be a sign-up sheet. Additionally, volunteers, particularly men, this time power means strength, are needed to set up for cleaning and set up. Please see Eileen. Eileen is downstairs. Upstairs. See Eileen. You can't see her. She's upstairs uh, if you're interested. This Sunday, Victoria Hart, Vicki, is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the, platform, near the patio doors. Please move out of the sanctuary as quickly as possible so that she can create a sacred space for prayer. To stay abreast of all of our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, and read our newsletter that's emailed every Friday. And now as the music team sings, surely the presence, let us prepare our hearts and mind for the meditation and our opening prayer.
good to see such a full space. Oh my goodness. Now it's time for the reading of the daily word and our prayer meditation. Our um, daily word is a daily devotional that has a word to focus on, an affirmation to bring us into that focus, a message to keep us um, in a information that gives us a, an awareness of that um, focus. And then also it has a scripture to tie it all together. So I invite you all, if you want to, to gently close your eyes to hear the daily, the daily word. If you don't want to, that's fine. So the daily word for today, June 11, 2023, is grace. Today we affirm, with joy and gratitude, I welcome grace. And our message reads, the guiding, healing, harmonizing presence and power of God is everywhere present. Divine grace is mine whenever I say yes to this presence within me. I release any thought that I am unworthy of grace. Nothing I could do or fail to do would ever destroy my divine identity. Grace need not be earned, nor can it be bought. It is inexhaustible. No matter how much comes my way, I can relax in it in complete trust that even more will be available as I need it. Grace doesn't happen to me. It expresses through me. Just as I have been blessed to receive grace when I have needed it, I am honored to be the conduit through which it flows to someone else, blessing them in a time of need. The, day, the Bible verse for today's daily word comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, and it reads, Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes and take a deep cleansing breath. And just let your attention drop down into the center of your chest, which we call our heart center. And just let yourself step into a state of peace right now. In your heart, feel a deep sense of love. A love for God. A love for yourself. A love for others. As we do this, we ignite that divine spark of God in us, which we call the Christ. And it is from this space that we pray because we are sure to hear the words from the Christ, to activate the Christ, to have the Christ expressed. And so God, as we acknowledge your presence within us, we know that there's only one power and only one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe. And that is you, God, the good, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. And as we surrender everything from the morning, the hustle and bustle of the morning, everything from the day, everything, every activity of our life, we surrender it right now to you. We allow our hearts and our minds to move into a state of surrender, a state of acceptance, and knowing, a deep sense of knowing that you are perfecting every single thing that concerns us and every single person that concerns us, including ourselves. We thank you for this beautiful Friends and Family Day, this beautiful sharing 
of the expression of love as our members have invited others to come in and experience the love and the joy and the fellowship and the communion, the community of our church members. We thank you that and affirm right now and acknowledge that every single heart will be touched by your word. And that not only will every single heart be touched, every mind will understand completely what it is that you are saying. And that not, that not only will every heart be touched and every mind understand, but everybody will be willing, every single one of our bodies will be willing to express that Christ self in our lives. And so we take just a little bit of time just to pause and settle ourselves down and move into peace more deeply. Taking deep, gentle breaths as we breathe in a feeling of love. Exhaling deeply that love out into the world that everyone in the sanctuary and beyond may feel it. Letting it settle in deeply to prepare us for today for the message. Our minds are open, God. Our hearts are full of love, God. Our bodies are willing. And we have an attitude of gratitude. Breathe in deeply a feeling of love. And exhale deeply the feeling of love. And do two more deep breaths, breathing in love. And exhale love. Breathe in love deeply. And exhale love deeply. And as we close this meditation and prayer, we acknowledge that it is lifted in the name and nature of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Wait, let's say that two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. Now this time say it like you mean it. I am an individualized expression of God. Okay, we can keep going. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our U of H growth affirmation together. And those of you who are guests, please affirm that with us so that we can have your energy help us grow our church. Amen? Amen. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources 
to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. Amen. got the baddest unity band in, in unity. I love, I love, I love our music team. 
I love the music. I love how they pray even when they're practicing. And I, how, I love how Nicholas is always in tune and the music team is always in tune with what I'm going to speak on, even though they don't even know what it's going to be because I leave it to him, you know. And so that's God at work. Amen? Amen. So we are, wait, first of all, I want to thank all of you guests who came today and thank my, my daddy and my, uh, my mama. She, we call her little mama. She's my uh, stepmother, but she's really moved into our hearts as our, our mother. So thank you. And my niece is over there, Miss Layla. She's here too. So thank you for coming. Thank all of our guests. I meant all of our guests, not just my family. <laughs> Although I, I'm very partial. So it's funny because I asked him, um, so, uh, you know, I invited him to that and Father's Day, because Father's Day is next week. So you can come to one or the other, but would you please come? And he said, well, we'll see what we can do. And then uh, I was walking down the hall and I saw them, and it just melted my heart. I always drop down in tears because this is my journey, y'all. This is my journey. And I don't expect to impose it on anybody. So if you don't come, that's fine. But if you come, I love, I love, I love the celebration of it. And I'm going to give another testimony. My daddy's here, so I'm going to put him on the spot. When I first started in ministerial school, I was speaking at Westside Unity, which is um, Reverend Ruth Mosley's church, and she was the one who started Unity Urban Ministerial School. And I was speaking there on a regular basis as a student, and I had asked my father to come, and it was funny because I had been speaking there for a couple months before he came. And it was interesting because Reverend Charles Williams was there at the time, and he was telling my father, she's a really, you know, she's really good, a really good minister. She's going to make a really good minister. And um, he was like, yeah, I wanted her before I came to step into her own power. And notice she is doing it from her inner self, not to please me or to show off for me. So when he came, I was already established in my own experience. And that is the true, that is the true expression of what we're going to talk about today. When we see, when we go into this story, this parable about the, um, the ten bridesmaids. And so this parable of the ten bridesmaids, we've been studying the parables for the last couple months, actually from, since the beginning of this year. And this parable, we were looking at how the parables that Jesus uh, used was his, was his powerful way of answering questions that his disciples might have asked him or responding to criticisms from the religious leaders and the priests and the rabbis and Sadducees or giving a drive in a home a point so that you could really get it on a deeper level. Now, parables are stories about everyday experiences of life that meet you right where you are. But then it has a spiritual meaning inside of it that elevates you to a higher expression from where you are. So when you leave the parable, if it is done right, which Jesus always does it right, you are walking in a space where you are living in this world but not of this world because you've seen your circumstances in your life from a higher perspective. And now that is the perspective that you come from when you leave that story. Does that make sense, everybody? The thing I love about stories is that they take you away from the everyday life, but they still bring you into your life when it's a parable. So you get transported in another place in time. You learn this experience. You learn this uh, basic value or this basic principle, and then you get to use it in your own life. And that's how Jesus was. I'm telling you, Jesus was some sweet business. He was some sweet business. And so this pair, he's, 
he's not that, oh, Howard has, he's not that great up on my monitor. <laughs> I thought you guys saw it up there too, but he has, he's not that, oh, he was talking about my father though. That's what he was talking about. So when I was talking about my, my daddy's like, I got my gun right here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I promise you, when he first met Howard, he did let him know that he was packing. <laughs> so you better come right. Daddy, I tell all the business. I told you, you said telephone, telegraph, tele Kelly. It's the truth. It is the truth. Unless it's on ministerial terms where it's confidential, don't tell me unless you want the world to know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So let's go into this. This paragraph, I mean this par parable, is in response to when the disciples in Matthew chapter 24 asked Jesus, what sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Because in first century Judaism and back then, they, they believed that the Messiah would come and then the Messiah would come again in order to usher in the kingdom of heaven, an eternal kingdom of heaven, and the end of the world. I'm listening. So as Jesus responds to them, I want to look at a verse in chapter, Matthew chapter 24. It's verses 20, uh, 42 to 44. And he says to these people, after he's telling them the signs that they were experiencing, and if you want to know the signs, I'm going to leave you in a cliffhanger. you got to go read it yourself. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a joke. i got to tell my joke, y'all. Let me tell my joke first. So a minister told a congregation, I almost forgot my joke. Minister told his congregation one week. <laughs> he got y'all laughing. He's, he's warming you up for me. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Dennis, he put bad joke up on the screen. That's what he did. Well, he always tells bad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm truly a helpmate, aren't I? <laughs> I turned the heat, the coolness down, and now it's too hot for me. Um, it was too cold at first, but now I'm feeling warm. So um, if you want to turn it up a little, you can. Um. <laughs> did he put something else up there? No, you did. Oh, oh, when I said I could turn it up a little? Okay, the air. I meant turning the air up a little. Um, so now my joke. Let me get to my joke, because I'm cutting into my time. Okay. So this minister, <laughs> the minister, there was a minister who was talking to his congregation, and he said, next week I'm going to preach about the sin of lying. He said, and I want you all to prepare for this by reading Mark 17. And so they were like, okay, cool. So they were excited, right? And so then the next, the following Sunday when he came in, he wanted to ask, he asked for a show of hands. He wanted to see how many people would answer the question that they read the book Mark 17. And he, so he asked the question, so how many of you read Mark chapter 17? And all hands went up, everybody waving, some people waving two hands. He said, there are only 16 chapters in Mark. <laughs> now let me proceed with my sermon on the sin of lying. Ha, ha, ha.
of applause up there. No? Okay, got it. Okay, so now we go into the parable. Now we go into the parable. I know I'm silly, but I'm a chip off the old block. Talk to my daddy, you'll see. Okay, so Jesus is, is um, talking to them. He's giving them these signs on how the, or, you know, the, the signs that will signal in, the ushering in of the kingdom of heaven and the Messiah coming back. And he, one of the major things that he's telling them over and over again is that there is no designated time. Only God knows when that time will be. And so the importance of the whole thing is to be prepared for when it does happen. So in verse 42 of, chap, of Matthew chapter 24, he says, so you too must watch, must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You, must also, you also must be ready all the time for the Son of God will, be, will come when least expected. I'm going to just pray real quick so I can settle myself down before I go into the parable. And the title of my talk today is parable, the parable of the um, ten bridesmaids. So God, as I prepare to share your message, I'm feeling this big rush of energy coming over me. I ask that my human decrease from filtering out what the message is and that the spirit come forth freely and fully. Thank you, God. Amen. So after he reads that, after he says that to them, that you must keep watch, then he shares this parable that's entitled Parable of the Ten Bridesmaids. And this is in Matthew chapter 25. And it's Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. So I'm going to read it, and then we'll, we'll dig into it. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamp and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shouts, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up, bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the other ones, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, you don't have, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you don't, do not know the day or the hour of my return. And when we look at this parable, we see here that Jesus is giving again a message of being prepared. But there's a deeper thing in here too, because he's talking about being watchful as well, which means to be alert, which means to be mindful, which means to be present in your life. But there's a difference in being present in your life, so fully present that you don't, you don't prepare for the outer experiences of the future. You're so limited where, with what you're doing that you're not prepared for what you're, where you're going. 
Does that make sense? And we are to make sure that what we're doing prepares us for where we're going. Now, in this parable, Jesus start, says he starts it off with the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, when we look at it on a spiritual perspective, is the experience of God. It's the deep experience of God. To have the kingdom of God, which is the spiritual realm, it's the Christ consciousness, it's the God consciousness, that's outside of you, which is the transcendence of God, and that's inside of you, which is the eminence of God. That is the kingdom of God. That which everything is created from is the kingdom of God. You guys get that. That's also the, it's also experiences heaven. But kingdom represents a domain that you have dominion over. And your experience of, key, the king of heaven would be your kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? Your kingdom of heaven is how you are experiencing God, your relationship with God, how you're understanding and being that expression out in the world, which represents the um, kingdom, uh, kingdom of heaven on earth. Do you want to get that? When we're experiencing it together and we're demonstrating that expression of God together, now we are all creating the experience of heaven on this world. Does that make sense? So Jesus is talking about this with these parables, and he's showing with this parable, and he's showing the process that can create us to have a higher experience of the kingdom of heaven, or what can limit us from it. Ten represents completion, and here it says that there are ten bridesmaids. The bridesmaids were, in another translation, says virgins, were those who we would call bridesmaids too. They come and help the bride. Back in, Judah, in first century Judaism, what would happen was the bridesmaids would, go, bridesmaids would go and help the bride. The groom would, now they would already have some, a, a small ceremony where they're already betrothed to each other. The groom would go and prepare the home. And then there would be a processional with the groom, usually at night, that's why they had their lamps. There would be a processional from the groom's house to the bride's house. And the bridesmaids would come and, and um, join the processional to get the bride, and they'd go all the way, they'd all go back to the groom's house, and that's where they'd have the celebration, which usually lasts three to seven days. It lasted a while. So in this story, the groom is on his way, and there are some times that the groom would be delayed, and I don't know what's happening with my popping of my mic, but sometimes it would be, he would be delayed. So that's why they're saying that some of the bridesmaids were prepared so they were alert and they were ready and prepared. And some of the bridesmaids were not because they did not make allowance for the, uh, for the possibility that the groom, the bridegroom, would be late. So they didn't have enough oil. Now this is how they, I forgot to put, get a picture of the oil. They were little clay lamps that looked like that genie lamp that you, you ever seen a genie lamp? They look like that and they're real small and, they, and you take and you pour oil in it and a little wick comes out of the, the spout of it and then you light it. And sometimes it may take the groom a long time to get there. It took them until 12 o'clock, middle of the night. And so the ones who were prepared, they had a vessel with extra oil in it to pour it in there and prepare it. In metaphysical and spiritual understanding of oil, oil represents the Holy Spirit. And it represents the love of the Holy Spirit. And it represents you being full with the love of the Holy Spirit. It represents the result of your relationship with God. Do you get that? Because if you look at how we are made like God, you have 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Then you have divine mind. Divine, divine mind is Father, which is the absolute law that nothing ever changes. Then you've got divine idea, which represents the Son, the Christ in you. And then you have divine expression. Inside of us is the mind that thinks on the mind of God. It's the thinking on the ideas of God, and it's the holy expression of it. That holy expression is the love that we feel when we have a relationship with God. Do you get that? Only a couple people get it. <laughs> Lord have mercy, this is a tough crowd. At least you laughed at my joke. So what does this mean? There are times in life when we are fully prepared for the trials and tribulations that are going to happen in our life. Because in this parable, it's not the fact that Jesus is coming that's the main point. 